0: Welcome to Email Deliverability Academy by Email Apps. I'm Sandra and I'm here to teach you how you can improve your deliverability and reach better results in email communication. So let's dive into our new lesson, shall we? Hi, welcome to the new episode of our Email Deliverability Academy by Email Apps. I'm Sandra and in our today's lesson I'll tell you a little more about the eternal battle between transactional and marketing emails and why in their clashes it's you who has the most influence on the outcome of the confrontation. In other words, why you should separate the sending of transactional and marketing emails. But let's start with a quick reminder of what I told you about last time because this knowledge will also come in handy today. We talked a bit about the classification of emails. We talked about transactional and marketing emails and where they should be in the inbox. Transactional emails are system service messages generated automatically, most often after a user performs some action. Transactional emails also include corporate correspondence and triggered messages. And their place should be only in the main folder on the inbox. After all, you can't keep a customer waiting for a shipping confirmation on an order confirmation. On the other hand, marketing emails are all advertising, offer and promotional messages that have been scheduled and sent to subscribers who have given their permission. Such a message must also contain an unsubscribe link, which allows you to opt out of further mailings. The place of marketing emails is in the offers or promotions folder, but that doesn't mean that they can't also end up in the main folder. By far the worst place they can go is the spam folder. And in today's episode, we'll expand this thread to answer all questions of what's better for you, dedicated or shared IP. But first, what is exactly an IP address? In a nutshell, an IP address is a unique number assigned to a server. It's extremely important for SMTP servers because email service providers assign a reputation to them, which in turn affects message deliverability We can send our messages from a shared or dedicated IP addresses. In the realm of email deliverability, the choice between dedicated and shared IP addresses plays a crucial role in determining the success of your email campaigns. Both options have distinct advantages and drawbacks, and understanding their implications is essential for optimizing your email deliverability. A shared IP address is a type of server used by several senders at the same time. This option works well when you send mailings less frequently to a smaller audience and when you need to pay special attention to cost optimization. Shared server infrastructure is a cheaper solution, hence it's more often chosen by a novice What do you have to keep in mind when using a shared IP address? First of all, if you know that you are sharing your IP addresses with trusted users who follow good mailing practices, you can be relatively relaxed about your mailing. However, it only takes one sender who does not follow these rules for providers to lower the global reputation of the server. Such consequences can result from even a single campaign that is deemed unsolicited by administrators. However, the consequences of such situation will be felt by all users of the shared server. They might cause messages to be blocked, classified into wrong bookmarks or automatically directed to the spam folder. So, it's worth asking yourself, do you know with whom you shared your IP address? Another thing you need to keep in mind, Blacklist. These are publicly accessible collections of blocked IP addresses and the domains through which unwanted or dangerous email messages are sent. So when you share a server with other senders, then the risk of being on one of the blacklists is higher. In turn, the process of delisting a shared IP address from such a list is much more complicated than from a dedicated server, if it's at all feasible to do so. With a shared IP address, you can fall victim to server limits. Each sending server has a set bandwidth that determines the number of messages it can handle per hour. If any of the senders on your shared server send large campaigns, then this is a risk that your messages will end up in the queue and be served late. Also keep in mind that receiving servers also have their limits. Most providers impose limits on the number of messages accepted from a given IP address per hour. So it's not impossible that the delay in message delivery may also occur on the receiving infrastructure side. Last but not least, a large sending of marketing messages from a single IP address may cause providers filters to automatically classify all messages from a given server to the same tab, for example offers or newsletters. This is a very unfavorable situation for users sending transactional emails which should be directed to one of the main folders. On the other hand, there is a dedicated IP. Dedicated IP can have a real impact on reputation and deliverability. A dedicated IP address is a server that is designed to handle email traffic of only one sender. The higher the volume of emails sent, the more inclined senders are to use this solution. In this case, reputation, both good and bad, is on your own responsibility. This means that you have a real influence on it and through good practices, you can actively improve the deliverability rate of your emails. What can you gain by using a dedicated IP address? The most important reason is that you are responsible for your own successes and failures, which means your reputation as a sender. With a dedicated infrastructure, you don't share a server with anyone, so any user will be affected by your deliverability, and thus you won't run to risk for someone else, undermining all your efforts to build a good brand in the world of mailing. As the owner of the dedicated IP address, you independently take care of your reputation and thus your deliverability depends only on your actions. So if you follow the practices of good mailing, test your creations and regularly clean your contact bases, you can be almost certain of success. Next, using a dedicated IP, you can easily analyze and evaluate the reputation of the server and locate factors that could potentially lower it. After all, a dedicated IP only handles your dispatches, so you can easily determine their effectiveness and the impact they have on your server infrastructure. So you can more easily identify factors affecting deliverability and correct or eliminate them. Remember, you can always test your email creation with tools available online such as MailChecker.net. This tool easily evaluates emails from the browser while giving tips on what needs to be improved to ensure higher deliverability. Although MateCheckerNet was developed primarily with marketing emails in mind, it's equally well suited for verifying other types of messages such as transactional ones. In case your server is unexpectedly enrolled in one of the blacklists, the information that it is a dedicated IP makes it much easier to talk to the list administrator and also allows you to carry out the process of delisting it. The same is true when traffic is blocked by anti-spam systems at individual providers. The use of dedicated server positively affects the assessment of the credibility of the sender and reduces the possibility of adding the IP address to a list of trusted senders, so-called whitelist. Dedicated IP therefore increases the prestige of the sender who shows that he is a conscious participant in the email communication, who, despite all the cost, cares about the quality of traffic and his infrastructure. By using a dedicated IP in the right way, you are able to reduce or even completely eliminate the risk of traffic curing, you decide how many messages you send from your server at any given time, by adjusting your sendings volumes to your server bandwidth and provider side limit, you can avoid message curing. So we have discussed the differences between shared and dedicated IP. As you can hear for yourself, it is worth investing in your own IP for sendings. What's more, it's also worth thinking about splitting your transactional and marketing traffic into two more separate IPs. Separating transactional and marketing traffic is a benefit in itself. If all messages are sent from a single IP, then we can count on transactional emails being given priority. As a result, recipients will not receive this notification in a short period of time, which is generally how it should happen. Marketing emails, on the other hand, are primarily a high volume of mailings. If we send a lot of such mailings from a shared IP, the provider probably considered that our IP was dedicated to marketing activities and could direct all traffic to the offer box. The solution to optimize the situation and at the same time organize the mailings is precisely to separate the IPs, dedicating one only to transactional mailings, which will increase the likelihood of them reaching the main inbox, and the other to marketing mailings, so that they are correctly classified to the office folder, ignoring spam. In the case of dedicated IP, to begin with, you need to warm up the infrastructure. So you need to gradually scape up the number of messages you send. This is important, especially for marketing emails, which we tend to send more of. To begin with, segment your base and send campaigns gradually, each time increasing the volume of addresses. By doing so, you will tame providers with your mailings and you won't damage your reputation, which would certainly happen if you wanted to send mailings to many thousands of recipients right away. Okay, but we need to pay attention to another important concept that arises in the context of choosing between shared and dedicated IP. Well, several times when explaining to you the differences between the two types, I mentioned such a term as reputation, that the sender's reputation can go down with a shared IP and with a dedicated one only you will be affected by it. So what is this reputation? Envision this scenario, you are a sender with a mission, fearing of emails left and right from your domain, basically unaware of the intricate that is sender reputation. At some point you get the notice that your emails are going to the spam folder instead of the offer folder and after all you are just sending messages to your subscribers, right? So let's consider why you should worry about your sender's reputation. Sending reputation, also known as email sender reputation or sender's reputation, is a score assigned to both IP addresses and domain names by mailbox and internet service providers. Your sending reputation is a score assigned to your email campaigns by email providers. It determines if your messages reach the inbox, end up in the spam folder, or even get blocked altogether. A good email sender reputation leads to more successful email campaigns, while a bad reputation can damage your brand and cause you to lose potential customers. Checking and improving your sending reputation is crucial for the success of your email campaigns. A good sending reputation is crucial for ensuring the effectiveness and efficiency of your email marketing efforts. It directly impacts email deliverability, which is a measure of how successful your emails are at reaching their intended recipients. High deliverability rates translate into more opportunities for customer engagement, sales and overall business growth, as such understanding the factors that contribute to your sending reputation and working towards enhancing it should be a top priority. Beyond its impact on deliverability, a good sending reputation assures that your brand maintains a positive image in the eyes of your customers. When recipients receive valuable content without being bombarded by a spammy or irrelevant messages, they are more likely to trust your brand and remain loyal customers. Conversely, a poor sending reputation can tarnish your brand's image and lead to lost customers' sales and revenue. OK, but what do you need to pay attention to if you want to take care of your reputation as a sender? Maintaining a good sender reputation is crucial for achieving good email deliverability and ensuring that your emails reach recipients' inboxes, rather than being filled into spam folders. We will take a brief look at the indicators you need to keep in mind when it comes to sender reputation. One of the most significant risks is a high rate of spam complaints. If recipients mark your emails as a spam, it signals to the email service providers that your messages are unwanted, which can lead to a damaged sender reputation. Next one, low engagement rates, such as low open rates and click-through rates, can indicate to ISPs that your emails are not valuable or interesting to recipients. A lack of engagement may result in your emails being filtered as a spam. Sending emails to invalid or non-existent email addresses can lead to high bounce rates. ISPs interpret frequent bounces as a sign of poor list quality and may view your sendings practices negatively. Abrupt chances in your email sending patterns such as sudden increase in volume or a significant decrease in activity can arise red flags. ISPs may interpret such chances as a potentially suspicious or spammy behavior crafting subject lines that are misleading or using the captive content in your emails can lead to spam complaints. Recipients should be able to easily understand the purpose of your emails and find value in this content. Ignoring or not promptly processing unsubscribe requests can harm your reputation. Failing to respect recipients' preferences may result in spam complaints and negatively impact your sender score. Something worth mentioning is that Google and Yahoo Mail will require senders to honor unsubscribe requests within two days. These requirements are expected to go in effect in the first quarter of 2024 continuing to send emails to subscribers who are inactive or have not engaged with your content for an extended period can lead to lower engagement rates. Regularly cleaning your email list and re-engaging inactive subscribers is essential. When you've got a mailbox provider so prevalent on your email list, keeping yourself on good terms with that provider is essential for the survival of your subscriber count. Most ISPs number one priority is their customers who are your subscribers, so you may have every good intention in the world of helping people and sending relevant content but if those subscribers are not interacting in a positive way then your reputation may be suffering. Properly implementing email authentication protocols, such as DKAM and SPF, is crucial. Falling to authenticate your emails properly may make it easier for malicious actors to impersonate your domain. Sending emails to purchased or rented lists is a risky practice. These recipients may not have explicitly opt-in to receive communication from you, leading to high spam complaint rates and potential damage to your reputation. Last but not least is what I have mentioned before. If your IP address or domain is blacklisted due to spam harm or other abusive practices, your emails may be automatically filtered as spam by email service providers, severely impacting your sender's reputation. It might be worth mentioning one more important issue here, namely domain reputation. Your domain's reputation is essentially the perception held by recipients, such as mailbox providers and anti-spam services, regarding your domain. This perception plays a crucial role in determining whether your emails will successfully land in the recipient's inbox or face rejection, possibly ending up in the spam folder. Much like personal reputation, it's influenced by your past actions and associations. The significance of domain reputation lies in its direct impact on the deliverability of your emails. Unlike IP reputation, domain reputation is universal and can be maintained even when adding new IPs, changing IPs, or sending emails through different systems or ESPs. This flexibility allows you to continue benefiting from a positive reputation. Conversely, a low domain reputation heightens the risk of your emails being flagged as a spam, therefore, it's crucial to regularly assess your domain reputation and address any issues that might compromise it before embarking on any proactive outreach efforts. IP Reputation and Domain Reputation are two different concepts, but they can affect each other. Imagine you are sending from an IP with a low reputation. All emails sent from that server would be at risk of not being delivered. If you switch to a different IP with a high reputation, the chances of those same emails reaching the inbox improve. Of course, many indicators make up a good domain reputation, but I would like to mention one in particular. When it comes to email deliverability, subdomains carry a lot of weight. Using a subdomain rather than your company's top level domain will provide easy reputation tracking because it's separate from other domains and subdomains being used within your company. Using subdomains for your marketing and transactional emails allows you to separate those domain reputation. Separation ensures that your transactional program and marketing campaigns don't cause problems for one another should something go high wire with either. Great examples of this would be subdomains like marketing.domain.com for marketing emails and transactions.domain.com for transactional emails. And most importantly, remember not to use no-reply domain. Why? One reason is that people generally like to feel that they are being heard. When they see an unanswered email address, they may feel that their concerns or questions will also go unanswered. This is a signal that you are not interested in listening to them or that you don't care about customer feedback. To maintain a good sender reputation it's crucial to follow best practices, adhere to anti-spam regulation and actively monitor and manage your email performance metrics. Regular access and optimize your email campaigns to ensure that you are providing value to your subscribers and maintaining a trustworthy sender profile. Once again, I have inundated you with a fair amount of knowledge, admit it. Of course, the topic of sender reputation is not yet completed by us, today I've told you in general terms about what sender reputation is and what affects it negatively, but we definitely still need to tell ourselves how sender reputation can be built. The first step is actually what I talked you about at the beginning, thinking about a dedicated IP and separating traffic into transactional and marketing messages. I will tell you the rest in the next episodes. However, if this knowledge is still not enough for you, remember that you can take a look at our website emailapps.io. Articles are waiting for you there, which will help you improve your email deliverability. I encourage you to keep an eye on our email app's social media profiles and to get in touch if there is a topic you think we should cover in future episodes. That's for today and let's hear from you in the next episode of Deliverability Academy by Email Apps. Till the next one!